we gather this morning in February to worship in freedom and to rejoice in the liberty that we oft take for granted. We welcome all who enter this house of the Spirit. Together, let us affirm our commitment to causes of justice, equality and liberty throughout our world that all people might know the freedom to be who they truly are. And in this spirit of freedom, I light our simple chalice. May this chalice flame connect us with liberal religious communities the world over and may it honour all those who struggled to achieve the freedoms that we enjoy today. One flame, many lamps. So good morning everybody and welcome to Essex Church and to this community of Kensington Unitarians. And can I especially welcome people who be, may be listening to this podcast at some time in the future. May you feel a connection with us across the miles and across the days. In the north of England, in Colorado and Seattle, in Poland and Romania, just some of the places that we've heard from in recent weeks. May these digital connections help us remember the connections of the spirit, gently reminding us we're not as separate as we sometimes feel. We gather here from our separate lives and together we form something more, a body of people committed to matters of the spirit, opening ourselves to the power of community, willing to step aside from everyday concerns and go deeper. So I welcome you. I welcome you, whoever you are and however you are feeling, whatever joys or burdens you are carrying and wherever you may be going in life. For now, let's celebrate that we are here together. If you have a look at the front of today's order of service, you'll see that our theme, giving in, well, giving in, I would say, is not an easy or a popular message for us humans. Don't most of us really like to think that we're in charge of our lives? And we also, like to be right. So this story um, plays with these themes and I wonder if it, it resonates with anything in your life. The story goes of a, a farmer who had worked on his crops for many years, a poor man, a simple life, not much to show for all his hard work but he did have a horse, a very fine horse, a stallion. And so you can imagine that the day that stallion ran away was a day in which his neighbours felt terribly sorry for him. They came round having heard the news of that missing stallion and, and went, oh, such bad luck, they said in sympathy. Hmm, said the farmer, you never know. And a few days later, that horse returned, bringing with it three other wild horses. 
Those neighbours, who were already starting to irritate me in this story a bit, rushed round again and went, oh, marvellous luck, lucky you, how wonderful, three more horses, as well as the stallion that you've got. Mm. The man replied, you never know. And so it was the following day, his son, his pride and joy, tried to ride one of those untamed horses, was thrown from its back and broke his leg. A broken leg in a farming community is a serious business. And again, those really irritating neighbours popped round and went, oh dear, hard luck. You never know, answered the farmer. And the day after that, it's a busy life in this village, as you can see. The day after that, military officials came to that village to draft young men into the army. And seeing that the son's leg was broken, they passed him by. The neighbours congratulated the farmer on how well things had turned out after all. And the farmer replied, you never know. <laughs> so I've asked um, our young people today to have a think about that story and maybe think up a, a modern version of it that, that reflects their own lives. And maybe that's something we could do. Are there aspects of our own lives where we really don't know after all. And so let's take those candles and the issues that they represent into our time of prayer and reflection today. As I call on the spirit of life and love shining from within each of us to be here with us now and to illuminate this our time of worship, that insight and clarity might shine through us brightening our spirits and those all around us. And we pray though we may not feel sure who or what we're praying to. Some speak of God or the great mystery, of Lord or Goddess or the divine. And some of us cannot put a name to something so vast and unknowable. But let's not be put off by an inability to name the nameless. Let's be able, in quiet moments such as this, to allow ourselves a time of reflection, allow ourselves the chance to relate with something greater than ourselves, to relate with something that encourages us to be the best that we can possibly be, and to make the best of this gift of life that we've been given. Because in quiet moments like this, we can be honest about our own confusions and uncertainties. We can honour the frightened, wounded places within us. We can admit how little we know and how unsettling that can feel. In stillness, let us think of ourselves with love. And in quiet moments such as this, we can remember those who we might be finding hard to understand, those who confuse or irritate us, those even who we fundamentally disagree with. Let's be big enough to think of them too with love. And I invite you at this time to send your loving thoughts and prayers to people and places in our world that are in need.
and may the divine light that shines throughout the universe shine now on all those in need and may each of us find a way this day to bring greater understanding to our little part of the world this day and all days amen Here are two readings which present ways of turning acceptance into spiritual practice. The first is from Ram Das on the persistent challenge of being present. I was on board the Taj Express, bound for Agra, with a stop at Mathura where I would get off. Travelling by train in India is an experience full of lessons. The trains go slowly, express or not, and we moved at a prehistoric pace. The countryside creeping by, palm tree by palm tree, until I wanted to open the window and scream. But then, something began to shift. Rather than resist the slowness and count the minutes, I told myself a little story. This trip is going to go on forever. I said inwardly. This present moment will never end. I've been on this train my entire life, and I will never, ever get off. Now what? Meditating on this story, I began to surrender into the rhythms and speed of the train, looking out the window at the passing images without the anger of moments before. Whenever we get into a situation in which our anger rises and we want things to go according to our schedule or expectations, let's instead slow down and savour the present moment. And here is a second practice adapted from the writings of Arjuna Ardach. At any time of the day, but especially when things aren't going well. Release control and hand it all over to the divine. Just take your hands off the steering wheel. When things don't get, go your way and people let you down, you want to argue or despair. Instead, surrender. Accept what is. Surrender not with resignation, but with trust. The trust that the divine takes perfect care of you. The, uh, the Christian uh, season of Lent started this last Wednesday. It's got many traditions associated with it, in particular the idea of giving up something a time of fasting as a spiritual practice in order to heighten our awareness. This year, ever different here at Kensington Unitarians, a group of us are following a simple online course which is encouraging us to give in instead of giving up something. Acceptance rather than abstinence. And this short address is exploring some of the ideas of the course a bit more. Um, let us know if you want to uh, receive the weekly emails. It's not too late to join in. 
Um, and I've made a few copies of the first email that was sent out so you can get an idea of what we're exploring and um, you know, if you're not uh, busy on email. Giving in though, mm-hmm. it's not an immediately appealing idea, is it? It sounds a bit like giving up. It brings with it images of failing, of resignation and despair. Are we educated to and brought up to keep trying? If at first you don't succeed, try, try, try again. I can still hear my mum saying it. Well, hopefully by the end of this talk, it'll all feel a bit more joyous and something about this theme of giving in will have been of value to you as you reflect on your own life. And it might help if we introduce some other words that hold a similar message like acceptance perhaps, or surrender, embracing what is rather than trying to resist it, going with the flow. There's a Zen story that that illustrates this, a story of an older monk who slipped on a wet rock near the edge of the river rapids and fell in. Onlookers watched in horror as he was swept towards and then over a high waterfall. And then there was great joy when he emerged, bruised but otherwise unharmed, downstream. How did you manage to survive? asked one man in the crowd that gathered round. And said the older one, well, instead of trying to make the water accommodate me, I accommodated myself to it. Instead of fighting it, I relaxed into the swirl and allowed it to shape me. I worked with the force of the water instead of against it, and that's how I survived. I don't want any of you to try this in any beauty spots. But how often do we feel that we're having to battle our way through life? This is the struggle that Sylvia Borstein is writing about in the quote on the front of today's order of service. She she writes, I discovered that there are only two modes of the heart, We can struggle or we can surrender. Surrender is a frightening word for some people because it might be interpreted as passivity or timidity. But surrender means wisely accommodating ourselves to what is beyond our control. Wisely accommodating ourselves to what is beyond our control. We fortunate people of the 21st century, we who live in peaceful lands and temperate climates, we can develop an unhealthy idea that we're more in charge of our own lives than we actually are. We can suffer from the illusion of controlling our own destinies. But what's that saying? If you want to make God laugh, then tell him or her your plans. We consistently underestimate the power of chance in the unfolding of our lives. And we consistently, most of us anyway, overestimate the ability of our own willpower to shape what's going on. But living on willpower can become exhausting. We heard that reading earlier on from Ram Das describing a slow journey on an Indian train. At first he's angry and irritated, as we so often are. Then he moves into a state of surrender to what is. Acceptance of the present moment and his whole experience shifts. He embraces what is rather than resisting it. Such a shift can be a really remarkably refreshing experience. 
But it doesn't come naturally to many of us, does it? We value our independence. We expect to be autonomous and in charge. We fear feeling helpless and we avoid it at all costs. Bookshop shelves are filled with self-help titles that exhort us to think ourselves healthy or rich or happy. And yes, at a certain level, such books, they deal with the truth. Our thoughts do, do create our experience of reality. We do indeed live inside our interpretation of the way things are. But we are so much more than our thoughts, and life is so much greater and deeper and inexpressibly vast, so much more vast than we can ever understand. So perhaps one of the healthiest things we can do from time to time is to lie outside on the good earth on a clear night and stare up at the stars, contemplate the vastness of the universe and give in. Surrender to not knowing. Surrender to our tininess and our insignificance and rejoice in actually not being in charge of any of this. Have you ever experienced someone being over-controlling? I guess most of us have. The young will particularly know this experience. Or have you tried to control things yourself in your own life or the life of others? Virginia Froll writes, we can create problems by trying to exercise too much control. Do I perhaps over-control my inner responses so that neither I nor others can know what I feel? Do I try to control my partner, my children, my friends, my boss or employees? Or do I excel at controlling events, planning everything in such minute detail that nothing can go wrong, except that it's hard then to enjoy the experience because everything's choked by my planning? When we imagine we're in control, when we get confused about what is our business and what is not, we can fuss about the minutiae and forget the vast expanse in which we float. I think this is the beauty of Jesus' description of someone fussing about a speck of dust in someone else's eye, missing the reality that there's a great big plank stuck in their own eye. We have to keep asking ourselves, I think, what am I actually responsible for? And in a complex world like ours, this is a complex question. Our whole service today brings a message of surrender to what is, of acceptance of the value of giving in rather than struggling against what is. But there's also a moral inquiry to engage with here. There are issues in our world worth struggling with. Issues of equality for all, issues of justice, issues of love and compassion. So perhaps this then is actually the spiritual task of discernment, to sift those many issues and to consider all the concerns that come our way, to contemplate our own circumstances, our strengths, our abilities, our weaknesses, and only then from a position of self-awareness to make a choice. This I must accept as it is. This I must engage with and attempt to make a difference. And if we're in doubt, well, let's float for a while and see where the currents of life take us next. Amen.
And so, let us step into the unknown of the week that lies ahead, embracing what is, accepting that which we can never know, and surrendering, surrendering to the power of love. Amen. Go well and blessed be.